Is it just me, or has it started raining all of a sudden? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's always raining here. Um, mm. Mm. How are we doing? Yeah, all right. Why not? I just broke my phone, so I, my screen's fucked, so I can pay another wad of money to get that sorted. So that's Excellent. Good. Um, what prompted you to throw it so hard? Uh, I didn't even. I just was being an idiot. Oh, yeah, and I was actually it, really yeah. angry about Jeremy Corbyn noted anti-Semite being readmitted to the Labour Party. I'm sorry, I'm very confused. I don't know who's all talking right now. You don't? Well, listen no. to the podcast more then. Fuck's sake. <laughs> <laughs> oh. All right, well, shall we just... We shall, yeah, let's just... We'll do the introductions and then we'll just fucking get stuck in, will we? So, yeah, I'm David. <laughs> Welcome back to Podcasting's Praxis, if it wasn't obvious already. Because it's been a complete shit so so far, and we're only a couple of minutes in. Um, yep, and I am here this week with Rob. Hello, James. Hello, James. Hello. <laughs> now, hang on a minute. <laughs> <laughs> and this is the man so nice. We named him twice. I'm just that good. This is gonna. This is going to be one of those episodes I can tell already. Yeah, yes. yeah. yeah. I mean, we're already reckon? back on the kind of classic <laughs> configuration of too many Jameses. So, I mean, what what other way can it go? If we go down to there can be only one ro- rules, I will point out I am Scottish, so I've got an advantage. <laughs> Sake. Crisis oh, on right. infinite Jameses. We have a horrible, horrible article for everyone, but we're holding off for now because we've got some news to catch up on first. So, um, liberals everywhere are having a, a horrible crisis of... Because Jeremy Corbyn's back in the Labour Party. No, not even, no, no. Um, a, a crisis of unknowing, because Dominic Cummings has left Downing Street, and they're all really, really confused at who they're supposed to blame for literally everything now. Oh, I think it's uh, Boris Johnson's mistress, is that is that right? She's to blame? Um, depending on which camp of the brainworms, yeah, yeah. To be fair, Boris Johnson's mistress doesn't exactly narrow it down, does it? Well, no, it doesn't, no. But yeah. No, so there, was some, um, there was some kind of weird, like, I don't know, I, I could possibly be asked to follow the whole story, but there was a whole bunch of palace intrigue bullshit um, in the last two weeks about who was in and who was gossiping about whomst and who was leaking about what in number 10. And the end result is that um, the mad evil genius, the corrupt spirit... Um, of of number ten is has departed, and apparently, uh, you know, now it's a it's a whole new age of Boris. And if you remember, it was also a whole new age of Boris when uh, he got engaged, when Brexit was, when he won the two thousand nineteen election, when he got Corona, when he was back from Corona, when he had a child. Number, however many is, you know, at all these times, every single fucking journo and lobby hack tried to tell us that this time Boris is going to be a completely different person, more the fun, carefree, inclusive, LGBTQ plus friendly Boris that we saw as the London mayor, I think was the generalized conclusion. <laughs> uh, citation fucking <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh deal. Um, I don't know. I, I will say, I will say that 
it does kind of prove the old saying, first is tragedy, then is farce. Because, mm. uh, you know, you had Steve Bannon leaving Trump's administration after a certain while into it. And now we have Dominic Cummings, like, you know, carrying his fucking cardboard box out of number 10 um, a certain amount of time into Boris's administration. It's like poetry, it rhymes. I'm on yeah, to you, Mr. I mean, Praxis. Thanks, George. <laughs> To be fair, that was also completely staged because, like, number 10 has, like, I think at least two, maybe more, like, round the way exits where, like, if you want to avoid the press, you can. Like, he literally left through the front door as, like, a giant photo op. So, well, surely if you want to avoid the press, you just don't let them into Downing Street. <laughs> yeah. Also, yes. There's also, I mean, David alluded Less to. Let's, like, the IRA turn up and fire them over the fence with mortars. <laughs> <laughs> Harry calls, screaming past the bedroom window. Let's be fair, if the IRA did turn up and fire journalists into Downing Street, they'd miss, so... Um, you need to manu- I will say- <laughs> you need to manufacture consent every time we only need to manufacture consent once. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's quite good. I will say, like, David, you said that, um, you know, the thing scripted by George um, of, of Star Wars fame... Um, a bit like George of the Jungle, George of the Star Wars. But, like, if ever there was a name that was a George Lucas name, Dominic Cummings is pretty fucking up there, isn't it? It really is, is yeah. yeah. It is a great name, yeah, absolutely. I'm personally terrified for the day that Cockwomble Twitter finds out about Star Wars names. (laughs) Like, that's going to be a dangerous time for everyone on Twitter, I think. Yeah, but like that's going to be just the writers of whatever like new Star Wars movie is going to be shot out of the backside of Disney. They are just—I'm pretty sure they're looking at uh, lip Twitter at the moment for like the new cast names. Mm, yeah, it's the new director of communications, Elan Sleesbagano. <laughs> <laughs> I just had a thought. When did George Lucas sell Star Wars? What year? Not me. Um, twenty fifteen. And things started to kind of go local around about then. Did did George Lucas take over writing our reality? Is that why he sold Star Wars? He had another project to move on oh, to. Oh, there you go. Yeah, Donald Trump. He's a funnier character than we've ever had before. It all makes sense. Yeah. Lucas yeah. has access to the lathe of heaven. I mean, you know, there is, like, you, you joke, but, I mean, if you had access to the lathe of heaven, wouldn't this popularity of Star Wars, your little stupid project that had no right to take off, wouldn't that be the result of it? Well, he sold it in 2012, so there is, like, he did have four years to write the sequel to uh, 2012, do you mean when it all started going wrong for liberals, like when we reached our peak and only fell since? 2012 really is the year, isn't it? It really is. (laughs) I think we cracked it, lads. Yeah, 2016 is when it became obvious. 2012, oof, oof. Yeah. The Mayans were right. <laughs> <laughs> the world really did end. We just didn't notice. Yeah. Oh much, yeah, that yeah. was actually that was actually the the year of the the Mayan prophecy, right? On some some disc that was supposed to to kill us all. It wasn't a prophecy. It was just that the the calendar ended then, which, like, to be fair, is way far like further ahead than any calendar I've ever bought ended. So fair play to them. <laughs> <laughs> it's not even that it ended; it just rolled over. Like you know, it's like a literal fucking clock face. It rolls over after a certain point. Yeah, um, but I mean, it's not like you know, you buy a calendar and and you know what I mean. You buy like a, a calendar with some kittens on or something, and then you just assume the world's going to end on December the thirty first. <laughs> you mean it's it a very old like calendar? 
Well, if it's a very old calendar with Jaguar kittens on it, then apparently that is indeed how it works. <laughs> oh, yeah, so Dominic Cummings has, to some degree, left Downing Street. Some reports say he's just not working there. Um, some reports say he's got nothing to do with anything anymore. Who knows? Who cares? Didn't he um, get sacked by uh, Gove, though, and then turn up working for him about three weeks later or something? That did happen previously, yeah. So who who knows? And again, who cares? Because as we've established already, he's just there as a magnet for libs so that they forget about everything else that's going on around them because, you know, he's he's the shiny shiny and they don't have the object permanence. No, they um, they, they do all have, like, calendars that last a month and then just do a smooth brain-wide. Mm-hmm. I will say it's like there's some real presidential shit going on with the prime ministerial office in the past sort of decade or so because it's like, oh, the, the you know, the president slash prime minister can't be wrong it has to be some some other effect that's causing it the office is too dignified to allow someone tremendously horrible into it and then like fucking trump happens um no i just i love the idea of a dignified office just like an office but it always makes sure it's wearing a tie like what the fuck is it what does a dignified office even actually mean in practice i think the only one that's literally nobody nobody's allowed to photocopy their ass probably (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, let's let's talk about anyway. <laughs> um, Johnson himself, um, as opposed to fucking cum dom. Um, he's got COVID again. He has got COVID. Well, no, he's he was. I don't know if he was diagnosed, but he don't, was in close contact with some. No, I am using the leave right now. <laughs> he has COVID okay. again. All right, all right, cool, cool. Yes. David, you know that if you call out that you're using the leaf, it immediately whirls out your hands, right? Yeah, that's true. Jamie, you're up. <laughs> um, yeah, so Boris Johnson like died last night, I think. <laughs> Killed by a meteorite made of frozen piss. Just went straight through the window of number 10, struck him right in the head. Meteors uh. at least can aim, not like the IRA. Aye. That that implies that at some point during the Apollo missions, like an astronaut had a really big piss off the size of the uh, Apollo lander, and it went out into orbit, uh, went across the solar system, exited the solar system, came back in, and then you know as this piss meteor rained down specifically on Boris Johnson, and that's the sort of life shit I could get behind. I mean, mm-hmm. I think in a, in a in a potentially infinite universe, all things are indeed probable. Like so, you know, just meet your right to frozen piss just bound to exist somewhere. <laughs> I don't think astronauts need to be involved. Unless it's an- well, unless it's ancient astronauts, you know, like the ones that came down and gave the Mayans that calendar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fair, fair. Oh yeah, um so he met with an MP um who has been diagnosed positive, so he's now got to isolate for the fourteen days, although countdown to you know, later on in the week, and it's actually only 10 days or 7 days you need to isolate for now against all fucking reason. Um, yeah, he'll probably be photographed on some yacht somewhere. Oh, no doubt, yeah. In that really shit tent that he fucking went on holiday in last time. <laughs> <laughs> I don't fucking believe that tent picture for a fucking second. No, that was a complete setup. I don't know where he actually was, but there would have been a fucking five-star hotel and a garrison. But you don't think he was on a windswept clifftop in a giant clan robe? <laughs> well, I believe that. I believe that, like he spent a night on a windswept moor in in a dark robe, you know, sacrificing things. I, I definitely believe that. I just don't believe he stayed in a tent afterwards. In a in a dark robe, 
Yeah, what's the one thing everyone knows about cl- the clan? <laughs> that they wear dark robes. <laughs> I think Rob was going for more, you know, um, cultist and Moloch kind yeah, of Yeah, yeah, but, but, you know, and also, like, I also just think that the clan needs to reinvent itself. Like, get a little colour in there. Mm. Some sort of, like, kind of <laughs> black shot get colour in the clan. That defeats the whole point. <laughs> It does. I see we're kind of doing uh, what queer eye for the clan guy now. I, I tell you what we're doing is we're doing the thing where like, do you know what I mean? We we do something that's a sort of maybe a passable joke, and then all just like get into fucking kill doses and drive through it repeatedly <laughs> <laughs> until we've just got like a big pile of fucking rubble, and we're like, "Yep, that'll do. Ship it." Yeah. Are you implying we have standards on this podcast? No, the opposite. <laughs> <laughs> Oh uh, yeah, so I mean, like that's kind of par for the course. There's nothing new there. Um, yeah, in Scotland, uh, however, things um, are doing in Scotland, are they? Yeah. So just today we had the um, announcement uh, that, reinstatement uh, of Jeremy Corbyn into the Labour Party. <laughs> <laughs> that has been the biggest event in Scottish politics in recent memory. To be fair, it wouldn't be hard. It's not exactly a competition for that, is it? Um, yeah, so uh, 11 council areas today have been put into the highest level of COVID restriction. Um, well, hang on. Have they been put in as of today? Not as of today. Of Sorry, I should say. Yeah. So it starts at 6 o'clock this Friday. We're recording this on Tuesday. Um, so, yeah. it's These emergency well, lockdowns, would like, what if, and, and, and tell me if I'm, like, just, you know, going completely mad here, but what if they started them, like, urgently? No, to be fair, right, people need time to actually prepare to lock down, which sounds stupid, but it's like um, many people don't have all the stuff they need, don't have the arrangements for the living situation, all this kind of crazy shit, essentially. Okay, like, but you, who... you're still allowed to go out to get, like, shopping and stuff, aren't you? Yeah. Well, there's all... Because all, all, all I see when they say, like, oh, we're going into, like, emergency, like, S-tier lockdown... On like hard mode or some super shit. saiyan lockdown, and it's like, it, but it's not happening until the end of the week. Everyone just immediately spends the next like four days getting pissed and having barbecues ah, and stuff. Well, you can't do that because they've already shut the pubs. They've been shut for ages. Like, yeah, like here's the thing: some people work away from home, for example, and if you lock down right there and then, they're stuck in what's probably temporary accommodation. Um, and like, so they need time to like get home. Um, they might have travel arrangements, which like they need to kind of sort. So, like, it's it, I, I kind of agree with you in spirit, but in practicality, from a logistical perspective, yeah, they need they needed to give people a little bit of warning. Yeah, um, it works in this situation to... because the pubs are shut already. Like that, that's fine. down south. It's been fucking bizarre. Like the pubs have been open, so yeah, everybody's just been fucking on the piss because you could shut the pubs with no notice, and nobody would really be that fussed. Well, they'd be fussed, but, you know, nobody would really be fucked over by it. Um, yeah. Do you know what hasn't fucking worked, though? Oh, do go on. The fact that they're not closing schools. Yeah. They're not closing schools. No ifs, yeah, no buts. Let's still send our kids off to the COVID camps. And, uh, like, th- this makes me incon- like incoherently angry because... When we first locked down, we kind of intuitively went, yeah, kids are snot buckets. They get ill with absolutely fucking everything. Obviously, they'll be a vector for any virus. But then then something very funny happened. Then they went, oh, do you know, for the economy to work, we need childcare. 
And, um, you know, the economy's kind of taken a hit, even from working from home for many people, uh, without childcare. It's just, it's just not working out. So, um, I guess, I guess the kids have to go back to school. And like the World Health Organization has come out and said it. And you're seeing it in real time in America. Like the, I saw a graph today from schools in Chicago showing the rapidly increasing rate of children being infected. Because what the World Health, Health Organization has said is that kids can get it, right? Which ought to be enough. But no, we've said they can get it, but they seem to present symptoms less often. And the symptoms they do present are less mild. To which a rejoinder is, it obviously doesn't fucking matter because you previously established that severity of symptoms has no relationship to the degree to which you act as a vector to spread the fucking disease. Like, it doesn't matter. It's, the problem is, obviously, the kids aren't getting that sick, but they're still running around, touching everything, smearing their snot on, like, door handles and all this kind of shit, and, like, you know, making out with each other in the corridors for ones who are in their teenage years, then fucking coming home and shaking Granny's hand, and she's keeling over. They are unambiguously a vector for this, and we're just pretending that's not the case? Yep. We're just pretending that's not the case but for on the, the sake other of hand, capitalism. Though, on the other hand, though, people working from home have got very important Zoom calls, and the whole thing where your kids interrupt it like that guy on BBC News <laughs> was funny for the first week, but everyone's over it now, so fuck them, fuck them off back to school. The, the, the thing is, though, it's like it's not even that it's it's not even that it's the children's lives that are being sacrificed here because. It, you know, you could sort of say, oh, well, you know, the economy doesn't care about future potential workers. It cares about workers right now. But no, as long as the kids keep circulating, this disease is going to continue to spread. And all the countries which have very successfully handled this, they shut down schools and kept them shut down. And so, you know, in Scotland, I'm, I'm firmly of the view that Nicola Sturgeon, the entire SNP government and anyone else from any party who is on board with this shit, who is on board with sending kids to school while we're locking down, they are literally going to have blood on their hands. There's going to be people dead because of that decision. And yet they've made a calculated choice that, well, it won't be as many as dead. We can probably live with a number of dead. And I just, I, I can't... Yeah, I know. But did you see um, uh, the, the, the best part of Navarra Media, uh, Michael Walker, just going, no, no, every, all the kids must be in school. And like, I have some, some, some sympathy for the thing where it's like, especially if there's like school meals and there's, you know, education, there's other things. I, I do think there are reasons for kids to be in school, but like, not at the cost of like killing grandparents and carers and, you know, okay, teachers. But like, Michael Wanker's argument was that, um, you know, the average, the average age of people who die from it is 82 and 82 year olds don't go to school. So it's perfectly safe. <laughs> like, I, here's the thing. Like, so I would much rather have a dumb kid who's, you know, behind on her education than a dead granny, a dead parent, or God forbid, and it does happen, a dead child, right? Because there's children who die from COVID. It is increasing number if you look at the states. Like, it's actually getting quite shocking. Um, and it might turn out that actually, oh shit, kids get the virus just as severely in proportion as adults do. It's just that it's spread less among them because of previous lockdown measures. Like, that remains to be seen. I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, when you average it out, okay, they get it less, but a significant number still die. And the real annoying thing about it is people go, oh, well, they need their education. And it's like, no, do they hold up. Well, no, this is the thing. Education is relative. If an entire fucking generation is a year behind at school, no one's a year behind at school. Yeah. That's how it works. If an entire generation are all fucked for a year from school, 
then they all have that on their CV. They all have that when applying to university. They all have to do the makeup classes. It's like, it's fine. It's okay. It will obviously slightly affect the bottom line in a very mild way of certain corporations, but who fucking cares? Really, who cares? I mean, unless schools change drastically since I was there, they don't fucking teach you anything anyway. <laughs> That's another rant. I don't have the energy in before. Oh, yeah. I've, so. I've had that rant before, so I'll spare you. <laughs> it's, um, yeah, the, the, another fun thing that they're bringing in here as well is um, travel bans. Now, this is fucking me off. There's a, there's a travel ban in Scotland, right? So well, you from can't Friday, from east to west, is there is there a tartan curtain? No, it's um, it's a bit weirder than that. So, no one in a tier three or tier four, um, as mm -hmm. the two highest tiers, are allowed to leave your council area. Okay. Does everybody know where their council area? I'm just going to say, do they have like fucking like sheriffs in? You know what I mean? Like from Smokey and the Bandit or some the shit main, patrolling the, the borders of the council like area. Tend to be signposted. <laughs> yeah, exactly. well, the Jukes has it. If you if you cross if you cross like into a new council area, they can't arrest you anymore. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like Grand Theft Auto. If you drive up the road from say uh, I don't know, fucking know, um, pick a funny town name. If you drive up the road from East Kilbride into the Royal Borough of Rutherglen, <laughs> then you just lose a wanted rating the second you pass the sign. <laughs> oh yeah, no, it's um, it's actually. It's funny you say wanted level because it will actually be finable um, as of Friday to do that. Now, how this is going to be policed, I don't know. Even Well, how it's going to be policed in intent, I don't know. How it's going to be policed in practice will probably be a fucking mess because Police Scotland are not equipped for this at all. Um, but it's going to be a massive, massive pain in the arse to a lot of people. And it's going to achieve very, very little because... If you think of the size of a council area, like there's hundreds of thousands of people. I have literally uh, yeah, I have absolutely idea. no frame What's of the reference size of, a the size of a fucking council area. Like. <laughs> I mean, hang on, I'll, I'll, I'll two wee things. Well, like I don't know. It is depends. It, is it bigger than? Is it bigger than a bread bin? <laughs> it is a bit bigger Shh. than that. Yeah. So you're talking a anywhere from like the like seventy odd thousand up to. Where I am, nearly 200,000 in a council area. You can still move freely within that council area. So what's it achieving there? It's something. That, yeah. But that's what, all we It's need. something, but, but for what? What does that it actually matter, do? We must, we must do something, and that's something, so... <laughs> it, 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 it's, it's a politician's fallacy. Like, they're doing this thing where they're like, oh, you know, we don't want to lock down the entirety of the country, when it's like, no, the only practical way to actually make this work is just to lock the entire place down. Okay, yeah, but like, you see, if you just tell everyone they've got to be sensible and, like, not fucking run around licking each other and, like, causing mayhem, that's that's one thing, and that's fine. But on the other hand, you could just go full, like, numbers fuckstein about it and have, like, you know what I mean? Just a, <laughs> a huge fucking, like, virtual map. I imagine it's basically just, like, the, the same impulse that drives, like, fucking Jon Snow to do all his virtual reality shit on election night. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, why yeah, yeah. Could you, you could just tell everyone to stay indoors as much as possible, but it's better if we have, like, a fucking giant hex map of the country that lights up in different colours depending on, like, the tier rating. Do you... Jamie, do you remember that um, uh, that graphic from a few weeks ago when Cummings was still in office about the Dom Cummings Number Ten Data Center, 
where there was going to be screens everywhere and you know the economy was going to show number and it's going to be it's going to be like that essentially <laughs> no, that must that must have mercifully passed me by <laughs> oh, you missed the supervillain lair yeah um I'm, I'm just picturing i'm picturing num like a num uh, a cutaway drawn of number 10 with that one taliban fighter sat on the wall outside to be honest um, that's pretty close to what yeah. they actually fucking printed. Yeah, it was not far off for that at all. Oh, I love the, the thing that pisses journalism. me off. The thing that pisses me off for this travel restriction bit is: what if you live in a shithole? I thought you were going to say something like your the council area cuts like down the middle of your house. Like I love you. <clears throat> and, yeah, no, it's it's illegal to go to the living room. <laughs> it does actually do that in places yeah. where people who have like. Oh, what if like here's a, here's a situation? What if your local Tesco just happens to be across the border in like your next council area, um, like and you don't have transport? It's, it's ludicrous. It's yeah, like it's complete garbage. Just use speed run tactics. Just like you know, like glitch yourself <laughs> through the council area to, to, to do a skip. And here's where I'm taking off all my clothes, but I'm keeping on the mask. This is very important and will come in helpful later. <laughs> this like, is just for to end up with like random Scottish people trying to, as you say, naked but only with a hat on, trying to like specifically run into like their neighbor's fence. A bunch at a of cops angle. chasing so- some guy down the street as he just levitates in a tea pose. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, here I have to parry the cop at exactly the right angle up against this wall. <laughs> if I do it correctly, then I will glitch out of bounds, and I will technically be in no council area, so the police will stop chasing me. Let's give it a try. <laughs> Opening up the test and protect tap, but only with half a press. <laughs> <laughs> oh. No, but it's like, it's, it's bullshit, because like, if you do live in a fucking shithole area where there's no actual amenities around you, what the fuck are you supposed to do with your time? Like, where I live, there's no nice parks. The biggest park that I can think of is, like, it's just this big open... It's basically a big open fucking field with a pond in it. And it's cold as fuck on a summer's day, like, because it's just <laughs> open for the wind. Whereas in the council, just over, a five-minute drive, I can go a nice long walk around a nice wooded park. There's a fucking barn and a pond and a lake. and It's lovely. I can't well, do I that here. The- yeah, I think the answer, David, is you have to stay in your fucking place, prole scum. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's like that. It's really weird that that nice park is in a much richer are we going, council we, area. Are you guys going back to that thing? You remember at the start of lockdown, when was it? March or April, when I want to say Yorkshire police, they put out that weird video of like a police drone, like following people along a cliffside, saying these people oh, are out yeah, of bounds. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I think, um, one of the, I think it was, it was Argyle. Um, Guy in the Battleship were firing out something like that for their cops, and it was just a bunch of pictures of like police, but they were standing with their arms crossed, and the picture was taken from behind, and it was just like a tourist spot in front of them, and it was basically just a cops say you can't have these things, but like for weeks they were doing this shit, it was fucking nuts. Do, do you know where it's from? They saw the Wuhan lockdown, and they saw the side-splittingly hilarious videos of cops flying around drones and shouting at people through the drones yeah. um, to tell them to go home. But it was all like, if you read the subtitle translations, all stuff like, "Hey, Granny, Granny, you should be outside. Is your is your son useless? Your son your son should be out doing the groceries, or he shouldn't be. Go home." You know, it was like stuff like that, <laughs> where it's clearly like the intern cop is getting paid to have a jolly with a yeah. If there's one thing cops enjoy more than brutality, it's antics. 
If there's yeah. any kind of antics whatsoever, cops are all over that shit. Like, you know, like when someone, yeah. like in, in, I forget which city it was in America, like last year, maybe, uh, who knows what time is anymore, but someone <laughs> stole an ambulance and they were being pursued through the city on the news by like 40 police cars. And it's like, the fuck are you going to, like, do you know what I mean? Do you need that many? How many, how many criminals can you possibly think are in one ambulance that you need like 40 cars? Like elsewhere in that same city, people are just carrying off banks. Do you know what I mean? Like, oh no, Jamie, you're being on fair right there is a reason for this which is cops are only allowed one punch or it counts as brutality <laughs> therefore you have to increase the number of cops to compensate they just, they just love to have a story to tell it's like yeah okay so like 47 people were murdered by like serial killers and like every bank in the city was robbed but we all got to be on the news chasing an ambulance that's a story well, that's a story to tell me kids it's like, glitch like nine there's... yeah yeah it was a tool assisted speed run gone wrong <laughs> but you know what i mean it's like there's there's an argument there's an argument to be had that 9-11 only happened because all the cops in new york were down at the harbor trying to get the picture taken with a fucking cloverfield or something <laughs> <laughs> but to be fair if you were the cop right who didn't go out on that kind of thing and people were like oh did you see that big chase yeah like most of the department was there oh where were you um and like smash cut to just like roughing up a homeless sleeper or something like that. No, you need you need the good stories where you can get them. Yeah, but no one's gonna believe you if you say you were out solving crime. Uh yeah. Um right, shall we talk about Corbyn being no longer suspended from the Labour Party? Oh, has that happened, has it? <laughs> Corbyn was suspended from the Labour Party? It was, yeah. So yeah, we went to record an episode about the suspension and um it got eaten by technological failures, so yeah, we'll talk about it now. Um, technological yeah, no, technological okay. failures. Clearly, <laughs> we are shit at our jobs. Are, <laughs> yeah, we are, we are incredibly... This is a very shoddy podcast, in case you can't tell. Like, but do buy the um, t-shirt. Well, let me on yeah, it, buy so the t-shirt and, it's shoddy. Buy the t-shirt, and then for sure we'll be able to afford slightly less shoddy stuff. We won't actually make it less shoddy, but we'll be able to afford it. Um, no, clearly reality is making up for the fact that we fucked that episode by just undoing the thing we were going to record. Mm, yeah, oh, so is this again us unintentionally leaving things? I think so. I've told I you mean, you can't do it on purpose. Mm, yeah, true. yeah. Has anybody so, checked so the Mayan a, calendar, seen what's up for it today? Well, here's the proof of it, right? Can you remember what he was officially suspended for? What was the explanation? Uh, uh, well, well, one, the official it? explanation or the explanation no clipping the through the deli counter at Asda <laughs> <laughs> now that would be impressive given he's a vegetarian mm. um, yeah he put out a statement and he basically there was a caveat in there to say that um, some the, the amount of accusations of anti-semitism were over egged Basically, um, that th- it was made yeah, out something to be like a bigger, certain have a bigger prevalence than it actually did. Yeah, it was like certain. It has been exaggerated by certain parts of the media for political purposes or something. Yeah, but so there was what zero point three percent of the party was in some way like um, implicated or under investigation or had been under investigation, etc., for anti-Semitism, and the public thought. Um, 30% of the party were under investigation. Wasn't it something like two cases of anti-Semitism that were found in total? And one of those was Ken Livingston? Yeah, something like that. It was It was a really, really low number. Um, but to James's question, I don't think that would... The, the, that state... Was that the state... The, that statement, the reason he was suspended? And like what the... Because I think one of the reasons that 
it all got sort of administratively fucked up was that nobody could work out like what the actual like you know, by the book reason was. No, was it wasn't the reason that was the issue because they gave that reason at first and then it all got a bit murky as to, well, who decided on it because Keir Starmer's like expressly not allowed to have any say in it because the EHRC report said he's not allowed to have a say on it. Um, and then there was a bit of back and forth between was it him? Was it Dave Racism? Was it you know, someone else in the NEC, like nobody really knew for quite a while and nobody's really quite that clear on it just now, although all fingers are kind of pointing towards good old Dave racism. So yeah, um, it's a bit messy. I mean, I'll be totally honest. As someone who's got no particular dog in that fight, it has been very popcorn worthy. I have been enjoying watching the blow by blow as various different factions lose their mind at various different times. And uh, today, today seeing a whole bunch of melts like live up to their names and melt down over it has uh you know it's been it's been pretty good it's been some of good. the um some of the, the liberal cope has been quite nice um it's been very uh, good i've been it's like it's like smooth butter oh yeah yeah for fuck's sake is change uk still a thing by any chance um <laughs> same old labor same old cranks um, no change uk is dead they wound up the party if i remember rightly no, they, I don't know if they wound up the party, they wound up the company. I thought that Mikey, it was still alive because Mikey Gapes was like the only remaining director of the company. You know, wouldn't that be hysterically funny if that's a means by which Gapes rises again? <laughs> like, he, he becomes the general chairman of Change UK and a whole bunch of knocked off Labour members go join it. Can you imagine? That would be perfect. I'd want to see that manifesto. I want to see a manifesto written solely by Mike Gapes. He does have a pamphlet available. There was a pamphlet that he wrote. Yeah, like any good socialist would. So, sorry, but just to slightly drag it back on the uh, suspension thing. So now he's been unsuspended, but mm-hmm. apparently the the next thing that hasn't been confirmed um, is that it's not sure whether or not he's had the whip restored. Mm. Yeah, and um, there's a few there's a few MPs that are sitting apparently on on the edge of resigning the whip themselves if he does get the whip restored. Ah, they're not going to do that. Like, can you really see like what Margaret Hodge was treating and Neil Coyle just like flouncing off to do cocktail to cocktail harder? It'd be funny mm. if they did. It'd be extremely good if they did. I mean, I take no position on whether he should or shouldn't have been suspended because I've got no fucking idea what the rules of a Labour Party are and like what it is he supposedly did or didn't do. Like, and you know, whether or not he's anti-Semitic is quite distinct from what rule did he break that got him ejected from the Labour Party. We see they allowed him back in because someone pointed out that the the no Corbyn's rule means they're allowed one. (laughs) (laughs) But it's just, I mean, it's just been a. A fucked thing throughout because this is, I mean, just purely in terms of like the Labour Party and, you know, the great forensic, uh, you know, unity leadership of Keith. This is probably the finest outcome possible. Not only did he manage to piss off everybody on the left of the party by spending him in the first place for a bullshit garbage reason, but now the hysterics on the right are like the same at having unsuspended him. So it's just, he's, oh God, he's so good at this. Mm. I mean, the the desired outcome really should have been for Corbyn to just be told, no, you're not getting back in, because that would have hastened the demise of the Labour Party by ejecting a lot of the left that are still hanging on in there. But now it's at a point where it's just going to inflame the right, 
and the right hold pretty much all the levers of power. Like the the left won the NEC ballot um, not that long, a few days ago, but that wasn't actually the entire NEC that was getting revoted in. So the right still in power. Like, that so- reminds that reminds me actually, like back in like whenever the fuck it was that the you know when the report came out that said like that fucking Sticklebrick motherfucker had like screwed us in twenty seventeen. Um, whenever that was, anyway, I, I cancelled my direct debit, and I I was saying to people on Twitter, if you just cancel the direct debit, they still send you the fucking emails, so you probably you can probably still vote in the fucking elections. And everyone went like, oh no, as soon as you cancel the direct debit, they stop. Well, guess who got a fucking uh, NEC ballot like through the email last week and yeah. voted on it. And even better, <laughs> guess whose vote was counted? It was yours. There yeah. was an entire thing <laughs> on the day where they were like, stop the count, stop the count, because they realised that loads of fucking lapsed members were going to be able to vote in this, and it was ruled as, actually, it's fine, you can still vote, because if you're paid up for a certain point, your membership ends when you're no longer paid. Oh, no, I mean, I, I stopped, I literally, I was only paid up until whatever month it was that I quit. And here we are, like six months later, and I still got an email. Oh, really? I was allowed to vote. Yeah, nice they're, they're probably just trying. <laughs> they're probably trying to inflate the membership. I thought. I thought the really argument nice. about the argument about not counting the votes was if anyone had said, anyone who'd said they were leaving over the Corbyn suspension, but then yeah. like, still voted, they were trying to get them thrown out for, yeah, for reasons no, entirely unrelated, like to the fact that they would probably vote for the left. Amazing what happens when you got the compliance department, isn't it? Mm. To bring it back to Keir Starmer for a second, um, sorry, lads, I was trying to get that one in repeatedly. Um, to bring it back to Keir Starmer for a second, he, like I think you're being a bit unfair on him, okay? Because I think his decision process in this is uh, is fairly clear. Because he's on record explaining his tactic as leader as how he goes about things. He's straight up said to governors to choose, and therefore <laughs> he's making as many choices as he can. <laughs> chose to suspend him he's choosing to unsuspend him (laughs) Uh, he'll just keep choosing and by that metric he will be the best governor so to go back to our game chat earlier saying Keir Starmer is the protagonist in a telltale RPG (laughs) I'm just just suddenly picturing John McDonald will remember this (laughs) (laughs) oh fuck yeah so yeah, that's Keir, Starm- um, Keir Starmer reminds me of like uh, a rescue dog. Do you know what I mean? Just he, he just <laughs> yes makes decisions yes. based on like who he wants to stop shouting at him the most. <laughs> <laughs> he does have that expression. He's got that hang dog kind of look where he's just like, I, I please don't shout at me. I, I just want. I'm just a small bean, yeah. and I just want to govern in the interest. I just want to sit here. I just want to be forensic. Just but everyone's yelling at me. Yeah, why does why doesn't anybody want to be my friend? Oh, what a, what a great man! Yeah. I mean, what a great I don't really, I don't think that your um your bit holds up there though because he did what, my island discs. There. No, not your bit. No, James's bit. Like <laughs> he did yeah. island discs the other day, and like he didn't make any choices on that. None at all. That every single one of oh, those yeah, choices was focus group to fuck. Oh yeah, is this the one where he picked three lions? Three lions yes. by the lightning seeds. I did. I couldn't even remember the band involved in that because it was Bedini <laughs> Skinner. Until I read that, I was like, "Fuck, was that the light?" I had to look it up and make sure he, like he wasn't <laughs> wrong. Do you know what I mean? Who the fuck remembers that as being by the lightning seeds? 
Nobody, nobody, nobody remembers that. That is someone's been fed a line. It's the researcher who had to look it up themselves after the focus group told them nah, that's what I, his favourite song was. I think it was, was. Uh, my favourite bit of this was, and I think it was even during the interview, and I know for sure it was after, because I know either whoever does does that line, somebody asked him, a journalist said, is, you know, this looks very focused group. Like, have you, you know, it, are you sure there wasn't a, a spad involved in this? He was like, no, no, these are really, seriously, these are my choices, my own personal choices that I have made voluntarily. It was just amazing. How psychotic do you have to be that if you're marooned on a desert island, the song you've got to express your humanity, your hope, to get you through the darkest and most deprived time of your life, to be a beacon in the darkness of your soul, the song you've got is free fucking lions. <laughs> like, how just the absolutely quest, the question is, yeah, well, the question is, would it, up. would it be more or less serial killer if he'd said Vindaloo by Fat Les? <laughs> 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 see, see, this is why we have you, Jamie, to ask the big brain questions. <laughs> Uh, yeah. yeah so. Among other choices were Oh Happy Day by the Edwin Hawkins Singers Ugh. Which I think is that's Oh Happy Day Is that that gospel thing or I don't I, I think it I is think. yeah I have no idea I've not fucking heard of it I'm, I'm looking it at his is, list here it reminds him of all the challenges we went through Yes it's in Northern Ireland <laughs> 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 Oh fuck's sake It's just what a, Why I don't know. It's just... <laughs> and the best one on that list, Bridge Over Troubled Water by Ar- Artists for Grenville, which was a completely unpolitical tragedy where, you know, like nothing political happened at all. No politics involved. Yeah. Sorry, right. You know, it's the most fucking poser thing as well. He's not just picking like, you know, the actual original classics where you, like if he'd said, oh, it's uh, Bridge Over Troubled Water, you know the one, then we'd have all been like, yeah, okay, like that's an actual legit pick. I can see someone kind of going, this is my song I listen to. Um, but no, it's got to be specifically the Grenfell fucking version. Yeah, yeah he prefers, he prefers the version of Perfect Day after like Lou Reed was dead. <laughs> <laughs> Oh uh, yeah, oh. so that's that's the Labour Party update for this week. Um, it's all shit. Um, can we not? Can they we are just, still? Can we not just? Shit. We finish. We haven't finished ragging on him yet because his his luxury item was a football. Because he's he's a yeah. man of the people, you see. I want to know what his actual answers would be. Like, I, I want to know who he actually is when he peels off his fucking face mask in the mirror every morning. What does he actually see there? Uh, you know, when he looks in the mirror, what what the, actually the is volleyball Kiyostama from Castaway? Kiyostama? <laughs> Christ, yeah. But I don't know. Like, do you think it's a piece of classical music he actually wants to listen to? Do you think it's like I don't know? Maybe he's into a bit of Oasis secretly. I think his I think his favorite song, unironically, is four minutes thirty three seconds. I think he's got a, a BBC like sound effects album and it's just like the sounds of a meat processing plant or something. He just puts that on and just listens to the I ham think, slapping off cogs or whatever the fuck. Yeah. I think James, he, he looks at himself in the mirror and, and, and thinks to himself, there is an idea of a Keir Starmer, some kind of abstraction, but there is no real me, only an entity, something illusory. And though I can hide my cold gaze, and you can shake my hand and feel my gl- flesh gripping yours, and maybe you can even sense our lifestyles are probably comparable. I am simply not there. You see what it is, though. If he told me that like water was wet, I'd ask for a second opinion. He's just <laughs> fucking fundamentally untrustworthy. 
No, that's the only thing I would trust him on because he has such a wet. Remember when head. the first? Remember when the first lockdown was ending, and he and and, and they were like, oh, he was on the news, and it was like they were asking him, "Oh, what are you looking forward to?" Oh, I'm looking forward to it. having a pint and getting me hair cut finally, <laughs> as if his hair hadn't been like perfectly fucking oh, no, sculpted no, no, no. Like, the yeah. entire you've time. Got, no, you've got to you've got to include the Laura Kunzberg noise. Oh, because she made that, that noise like a go. fucking gecko or something, didn't she? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Can I just? Uh, can I just say for a record, like, Keir Starmer to me, genuinely, just on pure aesthetic value, he strikes me as a kind of, like, if he was a waiter, he would fuck up an order for a glass of tap water. <laughs> like, he's got that kind of energy about him, and nothing can shake it, the more I listen. If he, was, if he was a waiter, and he told you, like, oh, enjoy your food, and you accidentally said, yeah, you too, he'd probably break down in tears at the human contact you'd just, you'd just <laughs> given him, you know what I mean? <laughs> You'd turn you'd, the next time you went to the restaurant, you'd find he'd built a shrine to you. <laughs> he would be he would be that waiter who's like a little bit too attentive and stuff. Like you know, you're trying to chat to a mate or something, and he's just sat at the table next just... to you having your chips. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, like you know, he's he appears at your elbow suddenly. You don't hear him approach or anything. Just like the then, shopkeeper like, from know... Mister Ben, just teleports into the room. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no clips into him. Ah, oh, Keel. Oh, prick. Keith. Anyway, enough of that, prick. Um, so uh, I did promise earlier that we have a wonderful yes. and delightful article. We have a wonderful. Ooh. Yeah. I've, I... All right, this has, got, this has got a lot to live up to, Rob. Yeah, it's. I'm not sure. I mean, the very little in this life is going to match up to the woods, but we're going we're gonna to do our best. Um, at a time where I think we could all agree that there's a certain amount of dislocation and fragility going on in the world, um, the Atlantic and Helen Lewis in particular have uh, focused on what I think is a real crisis in the UK and, and something that we deserve to talk about. Um, and the piece is called When Discrimination Targets the Privileged. Oh, Meet fuck the off. Feminist I Aristocrats. Know, I know exactly what this is now and I'm leaving. <laughs> oh, God, it's this article. <laughs> I just... Uh... <laughs> Oh, I've just had a vision of the future. I've become a prophet, and I do not like what I'm fucking seeing here. <laughs> this is, uh... Oh, no. Just fuck you. Just oh, already. No. Just preemptively fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, with the subtitle, Meet the Feminist Aristocrats Fighting for the Right of Daughters to Inherit Peerages. Yeah, it is. It is exactly yeah. what I thought it was. Can we turn <laughs> back? Can we go another way? Can we, just, <laughs> can we suspend the podcast for 10 minutes until I get Alistair on here? <laughs> can we Can we eject Rob from this episode of the podcast and reinstate him when he's done reading the article? No. <laughs> All right. So uh, the main character of this story is a woman called Charlotte Carew Pohl, um, who has Charlotte several children. Carew, C-A-R-E-W, Pohl. So, all right. Um, so when you say character, you mean fictional. That's a made-up name. <laughs> well, there's a lot of very fictional people in this. Uh... That is a George Lucas name is what that fucking is. <laughs> it's just a, it's an assembly of like, it's an assembly of vaguely nasally sounds strung together in like a mockery of an actual pronounceable name. Yeah, right. So um, Charlotte uh, is married to uh, some aristocrat um, whose father is Sir Richard Carupol, a baronet. 
um, who got the whose family got the title in 1628. And like many right. English titles, um, it can only be what, held um, by a man. Right. What part of Naboo do they live on? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, did they have, okay. did did their like great great grandfather have to kill Boss Nash to get this title? <laughs> <laughs> no, I think they just slaughtered the the sand people and all their families, and then took the lands. I think that's that's roughly how it uh, goes. Ah, oh, right. So it's the states in the Scottish Highlands then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck! All right. So whatever. Continue. So Char- Charlotte has um, is not herself of the aristocracy, but her husband is, and she has a daughter and a son. The daughter is older, but obviously the daughter is a woman and therefore cannot inherit the um, estate. Um, so and what 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 are the perks of inheriting the estate? A big like house the, the, and land and stuff. Right, but presumably you're still allowed to live in the house if your brother inherits it or whatever. You? Yeah, that's a bit more tricky. Like, if you're, really actually, if you're actually the like fucking archdeacon or whatever the fuck the title is, are you allowed to kill peasants with an axe or something? Is just trying to understand the motivations behind this because it sounds to me like just some fucking petty bullshit that only twats would give a fuck about. Right, it's money. It it, it is, is money, it's, money, it's money, land. It's a bunch of shit, but it's also there are some sort of principles of some variety involved. Um, anyway, um, Charlotte's husband, named Tremaine, by which we also know he's a real person, um, will one day Sorry, be the fourteenth. He's named <laughs> Tremaine. T R E M A Y N E. What like like Devo- if you were what, campaigning like against? I was going to say if you were campaigning against Brexit in Yorkshire, that sort of thing. <laughs> Do you know how there's that? You know how there's that thing where people say, "Hey, what's really scummy if you don't have money, but assign a class if you do, right?" And you know, it's it, it's all stuff like drinking before noon and all this kind of shit. Like um, making up like spellings of baby names definitely falls into this fucking category here, right? Yeah, absolutely. Ab- like. Jesus Christ. Right. So, by the way, we're on paragraph one, and if you guys ever oh, want to escape this, <laughs> death, this We've been this at this for hole. 20 minutes. Read faster. <laughs> I know. <laughs> anyway, uh, blah, blah, blah. Uh, Charlotte's husband, Tremaine, will one day be the 14th baronet, whatever the hell, but her no, how daughter- it, Give us the whole title. I want to know. I want to judge exactly how mad about this I should be. Um, yeah, let's go. <laughs> Um, but I, I don't actually know. The do- article doesn't say the full title. Fuck, I can't be hard to ask. Fucking shambles, man. Did, did you know what I mean? <laughs> you complain about me never research. doing any research. <laughs> <laughs> right, what was the guy's name? I'm going to fucking Google Baron, Baron <laughs> Tremaine or whatever. No, the current um, baronet is Sir Richard Carew, C-A-R-E-W, Paul, P-O-L-E. I found, I found a Carew Paul 12th baronet, but apparently he died in like, some year. <laughs> he dried in like a barrel of butter or something. Like 1993. Um, but genuinely good luck finding it because these people like to keep themselves like pretty fucking low profile. And with good cause. It's, yeah, no, absolutely. It's a survival <laughs> instinct. He's the baronet of shite house. Sorry, shoot house. Shoot house. Where's that? Apparently somewhere in Cornwall. Yeah, Tim. Uh, yeah, is Sir John. This is the current baronet, Sir John Richard Walter Reginald Carroll Pole, thirteenth oh, baronet. Leave some names Pohl. for the rest of us. <laughs> uh, OBE um, and deputy lieutenant, uh, which is a crown appointment. His passport must be fucking massive. Yes. 
Um, he is a deputy lieutenant for the county of Cornwall, um, a trustee of the Tate Gallery, the Pilgrim Trust, da di da uh, a school governor. He was High Sheriff of Cornwall for 1978 <laughs> and was a prime warden, warden of the Worshipful Company of Fishmongers. High Sheriff of Cornwall in 1978. They have to chase yes. Burt Reynolds around or something. What the fuck? <laughs> But I promise you, like, there's going to be so much more ridiculousness throughout this piece. I, it's not even. Stop anyway, fucking teasers and get on with it. Yeah, yeah. What? <laughs> this is why they have to make up names, by the way. They've just have used too many yeah. of them. They've run out and they've had to, like, substitute some. So, so, anyway, Charlotte gets a daughter before she gets a son, and she thinks it's unfair that the daughter can't inherit the estate because the inheritance only goes through the male line. So, um,. I agree. That inheritance is unfair. Yeah, that is is, fundamentally, definitely, yeah, unfair. Um, No, no, no. Just the existence of that inheritance is inherently (laughs) unfair. (laughs) All right. Um, Da-di-da. She decides to to do something about it. Um, So she wants to change the law so that English and Welsh titles can be passed down to first-born sons and first-born daughters equally. Uh, Many Scottish titles apparently are already like this. Um, at oh, stake, I'm Scotland just... leading the way in equality. What a yeah. naturally left-wing but, yeah. nation. But James, you, you you were asking the sort of the why of this. At stake are not just names, estates, and money, but the ninety but the ninety two seats in the UK House of Parliament reserved for hereditary peers, all of which are currently held by men. Now I've played Crusader Kings, so why didn't you just stab a brother? <laughs> Because it doesn't matter. This is like um, um, if you've ever watched like Downton Abbey or The Crown or any of these things. If she stabs the brother, the title doesn't go to her. It goes to like a distant cousin. It must go to a man. I, I mean, she could just fucking just say it goes to her. It's, it's all made up bullshit. Like, do you know what I mean? Was the queen going to come around and fucking fight her for it to get it back or something? <laughs> just declare, like, you know for- what I mean? Presumably, presumably you're rich and you're posh, so you just do what you fucking want. It's not like anyone yeah. gives a shit. All right. What follows is a strange story because it is about discrimination towards the privileged, feminism for aristocrats. <laughs> <laughs> it reveals a country trap between tradition and modernity, blah, blah, blah. Britain allows those who have inherited dukedoms created half a century ago, half a millennium ago, sorry, to sit in our parliament while, uh, while, while recording on the legislature's official website, um, can now say how many of them are not non-binary. So that at least you can apparently say if you're in the House of Lords. And this is, this I just found so fucking weird. Britain permits transgender people to change their legal sex unless it would affect the inheritance of an earldom. Of course it fucking does. Of course it fucking does. Of course it fucking does. Jesus fucking Christ. Oh my God. Just do a fucking damn this shitty benighted aisle. Motherfuckers. Hang on a second. Oh. Whoa, no, no. Hang on a second. Is Helen Lewis arguing against a system which prevents some people from transitioning? I don't. I, I'm not. She doesn't go into this. This is just an uh, uh, example. That oh, she, this she is just her having to bring in gender to it because yeah. she can't um, meet without. Well, I mean, so. to be fair, it is an I insane. I hate this example. country so much. <laughs> I hate this country so much that I am fucking levitating off the ground by the power of contempt at the soil beneath me. <laughs> Fuck these people. 
Jesus Christ! Britain has more than 800 hereditary peers, aristocrats whose titles were bestowed by the monarch of the day and are handed down to their mainly male uh, ascendants. They could be given for winning battles, being a politician, or just being uh, a cunt who gives money. Uh, the holders of hereditary peerships are entitled to run for election for the 92 places in the House of Lords allocated exclusively to hereditary peers. Um, all right. Ah, and here we go. We were talking about names. Uh, because Britain has had an aristocracy for more than a thousand years, we've forgotten how ridiculous that is. In fact, while we're here, let's... In fact, while we're here, let's That's try a quiz. That's the ridiculous part. Yes. It's not that we've had an aristocracy for a thousand years. That's not the ridiculous part. <laughs> While we're here, let's try a quiz. Hereditary <gasps> peer or Harry Potter character? Oh, for fuck's Alex- sake, man. <laughs> no, I want book. to read you these names because they're so fucking good. Um, Alexander Scrimger. I was just sitting thinking, what, what could possibly make this any worse? Harry fucking Potter, of course. Yeah, go on. <laughs> Anyway, Alexander Scrimger, <laughs> Valerian Freyburg, Merlin Hay, Godfrey Bewick Copley, Rupert Pons- Ponsonby, Edward Fulljam, and Raylin Hovel Thurling Coming Broke. <laughs> it's almost that's as though, illegal. I'm just, I'm, I'm just going to spitball here. It's almost as though J.K. Rowling, when she was writing about this privileged class of wizards who were inherently yes, yes. better than everyone else. It's almost like she was inspired by something. Can't put my fucking finger on what that could be. Uh, by the way, is, these, the is names the, I just the read out... They're all real, aren't they? Yes, they are. Not only are they all real, they are literally all current sitting members of the House of Lords. Amazing. And probably sorry, all on, Harry Potter up. characters as well. <laughs> hang on, sorry. Back up, back up. There is a Merlin in the House of Merlin Lords. Merlin Hay. <laughs> totally normal island. Yeah, I mean, he's uh, presumably he's really good at like greeting wizards. <laughs> Peerages and baronetcies are hereditary, and only children whose parents are married can inherit them. So, if you're divorced, your sh- parents are divorced, you're shit out of luck. Uh, most titles and lands, estates, etc., are passed down to the firstborn son, a practice known as male primogenitor. Um, some can be inherited by the eldest daughter if a young brother doesn't. Others go extinct if there's no male heir. This practice derives the plot of Downton Abbey um, and Pride and I'm, Prejudice. I'm very, I'm, I'm interested about that bit. Extinct. You said go extinct. Yes. Peers going extinct. Could you <laughs> could you elaborate on this? Yeah, uh, if they have no. Male direct male heirs, and there is no like into a certain degree of you know, there's no second or third or fourth degree male cousin to take it. That's really interesting. That that inspires some ideas. <laughs> the reason for male male primogenitor were obvious for centuries. It was a way to keep um, estates together. Uh, another reason was that if the eldest daughter could get it, and she married another. A big aristocrat, they might get too much land and become uh, a threat to the crown. Obviously, by now, this is, of course, uh, an insane uh, thing. Um, the British version... Well, yeah, that, that's the insane part of this. Yes. <laughs> the ah, Here's a modern example, uh, James, since you were asking. The British version of male primogen of, of preferring sons, therefore, uh, has persisted. Robin Neville, Baron Bay- Braybrook, 
has eight daughter had eight daughters in the hope of eventually finding a son: Amanda, Caroline, Henrietta, Victoria, Arabella, Sarah, Emma, and Lucinda all came along, but no heir. When he died in 2017, the title Baron Haybrook went to a distant cousin rather than one of his daughters. I have a question, just for shits and giggles. Can you adopt? Yes. So if you adopt someone, then the title can transfer to them? Yes, but only if they're a man. Right. Probably says a lot that he didn't adopt, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, if you it's... adopt, the kid presumably comes with a normal name. <laughs> yeah, and but that, that, that you won't can... do for a fucking, like, you know, if you want to be the next Archdeacon Barney Rubble of the Yard or whatever the fuck <laughs> the <snake is. laughs> Baron Steve. Doesn't exactly have the same ring to yeah. it as Baron Harkonnen, does it? <laughs> like, I I legit, so I'm going to reveal something here. I legit have four names, okay? Um, it's a Catholic thing, right? Just that, that's where it comes from. And occasionally when people find this out, it annoys me up. Like, you know, and, and I feel like it's completely fucking unjust when you then compare it to these. Because my names are very, they're very, like, standard. You wouldn't, like, be surprised, you know, if you heard them all. You're like, all right, that makes sense. Yeah, sure. Catholic family? All right. But then you, you listen to this shit. And it's it literally is Baron Hakonan, you know, Chaucer of Melbridge, Dewberry Downs, all this kind of shit. It's like I I I feel hard done by by this. <laughs> the most absurd election in modern times took place four years ago. The prize, a seat in the House of Lords, Britain's second legislative chamber. Da di da. This is the House of Lords. It is a bit of exampling. Um, this is. When Blair comes in, he changes a bunch of these rules, if anybody remembers, that like they get rid of a lot of the hereditary seats for the peers. Um, and oh, yeah, I remember that, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, did, um, they announced it in the Queen's speech, and it was a big to-do because all the lords went, yes, well, rhubarb, rhubarb, rhubarb. Yes. And that apparently was just very, you know, that's, that's just not done. You don't insult the monarch like that, um, which was so, hysterical. So Tony Blair's like government does actually want to get rid of all these hereditary peers. The Tories are, of course, opposed. And because it is a Blair government, they don't just use their majority in the House of Commons to get rid of their hereditary peers. They compromise. Um, so the current compromise um, is that 92 hereditary peers stay in the House of Lords with their party affiliations based on the existing ratio in 1999. <laughs> so, so there are 49 conservative um, hereditary peers in the House of Lords, four from Labour and four for the Lib Dems, plus 35 who are not linked to any party crossbench uh, peers. This would continue on until the end of time or until further reforms were passed. Whenever a party-affiliated peer dies or retires, their ideological allies in the House of Lords vote on their replacement and only their ideological allies, choosing from all the hereditary peers who register an interest. So... Oh, dude, dude, <laughs> this, like, this allows for a, for a fucking split in the House of Lords! Yes, it allows for something even more insane, which uh, which is the example uh, Helen is about to give. So when Lord Avebury, a Lib Dem peer, dies in 2016, the other Liberal Democrat peers were the only people allowed to vote in the election to replace him in the House of Lords. All three of them. <laughs> the process used an alternate vote model between four people, because, you know, why the fuck not? Um, it, in, in which candidates were knocked out over several rounds. It didn't even need to bother. Viscount Thurso got all three votes. 
Bad luck to the six losers, who had also registered an interest. Lord Summer Layton, an Eton educated hotel owner. Lord Cannot, whose father was a left-wing journalist. The Earl of Carlisle, whose family motto is Volo non valeo, I am willing but not able. Charles Charles Rodney Muff. What's the Latin for? Oh, I just can't be fucked, mate. The the third Baron Calverly, Charles Rodney Muff. Fuck off. (laughs) (laughs) The third Baron of the Calvary, where's that? Family motto, K Sarah Sarah, whatever will be <laughs> <laughs> No, 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 that is me. You, that I'm is not me making up. this up. <laughs> <laughs> and Earl and Earl Lloyd George of Dwiffer, the great grandson of uh, Lloyd George, the Prime Minister. Um, these candidates are, of course, all men because fewer than 90 titles can be passed to female as no women are among the hereditary peers currently sitting in the house of lords so i mean obviously this so so hang on right do you think do you reckon then the guy whose family motto was k sarah Sarah (laughs) took do you think he took losing well Uh, so now we go back to uh, mm-hmm. Charlotte Carew Paul, who's fighting, who's fighting the system um, power. Um, since taking over the organization Daughters' Rights, she's found it hard to enlist mainstream. F- <laughs> <laughs> I mean, fucking climbing Big Ben, wearing like I don't know, cat girl costumes and shit. <laughs> climbing Big Ben in a paddle for justice in ball games. Costume. <laughs> Baronets for justice. <laughs> Um, oh. yet, since, yet since taking over jo- daughter's rights, Charlotte Carroll Paul <laughs> said she's found it hard to enlist support from mainstream feminist organizations and activists to support her. Good. She suspect, <laughs> she suspect they fear being represented as, uh, they, they fear being represented as, as being elitist and out of touch. <laughs> yes, that, that's, yeah, that, that's why. That's why they want nothing to do with you, you weirdo. Oh, my God. But the glib left-wing retort, who cares about feminism for aristocrats, ignores the fact that Britain's son preference deforms the very institution that sets our laws. These are essentially seats in Parliament reserved for men. Now, you know, fair, fair enough. If we must, for some reason, endure the idiotic House of Lords, then surely it must be, you know, equal rights and equal gender, I think. But, yeah, yeah. That, no, there is a point there. What we should do is get rid of the seats. Yes. Yeah, what we should do is... Oh, no, we're not doing this again. No, (laughs) no, we're not getting back down. This article is enough. Um, all right. (laughs) The Labour peer, Lord, (laughs) I hear the sirens in the background. We're going to get (laughs) dreaming for that one. (laughs) We just need to go Um, through the wall, it'll be fine. Yeah. The lab- oh fuck you! Oh fuck you, James! That, that got me. Oh, the Labour peer Lord Grocott has proposed a bill to scrap by-elections uh, by these weird inkleaks three times so far without success. He Lord Grocott to- sounds like he's off Sesame Street. He told me he wants. To- <laughs> he told me he wants to in the House of Lords. <laughs> he told me he wanted to have the hereditary peers humanely removed from the House of Lords. <laughs> Just no, I mean, his plan for doing 
<laughs> no, his, his plan for doing it is quite good. He's going to invite him over to his gaff, uh, which I believe is known as Grovecott House. <laughs> <laughs> or Dignitas, maybe. Um, until taking on daughter's rights, Carol uh, Paul was, as she herself described, just a housewife. But what a house. We met at her... <laughs> We, we we met at her family's country home, a gorgeous greystone mansion called Antony. It stands in 42 acres of woods on a peninsula in southwest England with grassland stretching off into the distance and down to the sea. So it sits in a big field surrounded by some but woods. But what a yes, house! Yes. <laughs> it's actually written in italics in the text, but what a house! <laughs> oh. um, in nineteen in nineteen sixty one, the family the family gave Anthony to the National Trust uh, charity dedicated. Wait, the house to is called Anthony. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> what um, a house called Anthony? Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no wonder all, no, no no wonder all the kids are called shit like Camelot. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so she gave the house to the National Trust and now rents it back from the National Trust. It means the roof gets repaired, she observed pragmatically. Um, blah, blah. There's a big contrast between the family kitchen, which is clearly the domain of two small children, and the main house with wood panels and generations of dour-faced ancestors staring down from the walls. I would say they're not oil paintings, except that, of course, they are. I'm just picturing these, these paintings, like, you know, just regular sort of like portrait-sized painting, and then like a fucking gold, like a gold plaque at the bottom that's about like 14 foot long to fit all the names on. <laughs> <laughs> See, that, you know, that's what happened. This is why the mistake took place, you know. This explains it. What clearly happened is we were screwing on all the plaques for the names of the different ancestors, right? And one of them was much smaller than the others. And mistakenly, we thought, oh, that, that's for the front door, isn't it? It must be the house number. <laughs> and clear and sh- sure enough, that's how the house got named Anthony. Um, life at Anthony feels almost parodically... <laughs> Stop saying it, man. <laughs> Fucking hell. <laughs> feels almost parodically English. During the first lockdown... Um, Tremaine, so the 13th baronet-to-be, donated tons of turnips grown on the estate's farm to the local food bank uh, to help local stables, which were closed during the pandemic. The, the family took in two ponies, Candy Floss and Dancer, which the children learned to ride, taking them down... Those are the most normal names in this entire <laughs> fucking thing. <laughs> Which the children learned to ride, taking them down the, pen- the peninsula towards the sea. A greyhound, Alba, completes the picture. Carol Paul greets me in a pale pink sweater with pearl earrings and swept back hair. Paired with Sorry, G- hang on, hang on, hang on a sec. We're missing it. Like, there's something just got glid by there, and I want to revisit it. They said, to, you know, during the pandemic, they helped by taking in some ponies, yes. but the children then learned to ride. Yes. So what they mean is... Someone screwed by the pandemic couldn't afford their ponies anymore, and the toffs got them and yes, taught their children much. how yep. to like fuck hell. Right, just Jesus, carry on. Uh, Carol Paul greets me in a pale pink sweater with pearl earrings and swept back hair, paired with jeans and sturdy boots. I'm zoom ready on the top and horse ready on the bottom, she said. <laughs> <laughs> Ha <laughs> 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 
I've heard that a member of the New York Times got into trouble for that, but whatever you want to do, (laughs) you do I'm just picturing in a, in a generation or two and they're falling on hard times and to save money, they're naming all their kids after, like, Welsh towns so they can just steal the road signs. <laughs> Put those up under the, Sorry, under the port I, rates. Uh, can, I, can I check? Are you sure her name's Charlotte? It's not Catherine, is it? No, sorry. Ah, well. Um, all right, so this is blah, blah, blah. It's a bunch, bunch of bullshit. Uh, and then it goes back to this campaign about daughters' rights. The campaign also took a case to the European Court of Human Rights, arguing that Britain was practicing sex discrimination. This required claimants, so Carapol <laughs> ra- rounded up five daughters willing to fight for the right to inherit. Assembling the women was difficult, she told me. Many didn't want to upset their families. Eventually, enough names were collected. Uh, and the claimants submitted their applications on July 13, 2018. They are still waiting for an answer. Sorry, I'm just picturing the world's shittest, like, you know, Avengers lineup. And it's like, horse ready, you know, is like <laughs> the first one. And like, you know, you sit there for 30 minutes. The introduction scene takes that long just because the names are so fucking long. <laughs> She recently made her case to Chloe Smith, the Minister for the Constitution, but came away feeling dejected. Carol Pauls believes that the, um, that any changes would uh, constitute a nuclear bomb to the Constitution of the UK. Perhaps someone would expand on it to remove the, to remove all hereditary peers from the Lords, depriving the government of reliable votes for its policies, of course, because there are 46 seats for the Tories and four for Labour. So you know, I love the fact that it's like um, we don't want to rock the boat too hard because then we'll lose the hereditary seats that we're fighting over. But we want to rock the boat just hard enough that we personally can can get from into it. the gig. Yeah, yeah. And and yeah, and yet clearly the reason the feminists don't want to associate with them is they're afraid of being called elitists. That that's why. And that's it. No, but there are but there are James. There are way more practical uh, reasons, according to the government. Uh, in Carol Paul's telling, the government threw rock after rock into her path. How would large estates handle their tax planning? What would we call the husbands of women who held peerages in their own right? What would her proposal mean for titles bestowed by Act of Parliament rather than the monarch? Unable or unwilling to defend the principle of male primogenitor, the government fixated on practical hurdles that any change would create. So I love I that. I love that. that. I love that point. And then, what would we call the husbands of women that held hereditary titles? Like, probably like fucking flagrant Chancington the Third or some shit. <laughs> no, I, th- I think I think they mean titles, Jamie. So you know, it'd be it'd be more like um, you know, uh, horse consort the Third or something like this. I don't know. Yeah, deputy sheriff of uh, something something. <laughs> The real reason the government doesn't want to engage uh, is that ministers don't want anybody to looking too closely at the House of Lords anyway, in case we commoners get revolutionary ideas. That's probably true. Um, Women only make up 20% of the upper house. The average age is 70. Former politicians and bankers are overrepresented um, and and are entitled to generous taxpayer funded expenses. Last Oh, God, yes, right. You know, the House of Lords expenses is insane. Yeah, well, she has some nice examples. Um, Oh, no. Last December, The Guardian revealed that the Labour peer Lord Brookman, a former Labour Union official, claimed nearly £50,000 in attendance allowances and expenses without speaking in a single debate or asking a single written question. 
Um, 46 peers did not register a single vote, including on Brexit, sit on a committee or hold a post, The Guardian reported. One peer claimed £25,000 without voting, while another claimed 41000 but only voted once. They do this thing where they show up each morning to sign in to make sure they get their like 600 quid for the day or whatever it is. And they just like they leave taxis idling outside because it's cheaper and more convenient. They walk in, they sign the register, they come back out, they hop in the taxi, that's it, they're done for the day. That's a thing you can see outside the House of Lords. <sighs> Normal right. country. I mean, I'm not, I'm, I, I would be hypocritical of me to diss them for skipping work. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, they should definitely be abolished. The last time a hereditary peer made the news was when Lord Bethel, a minister in the Conservative government, claimed this August that fluffing his exams at school taught me how to hustle. He might have added that attending a £41,000 a year private school and inheriting a peerage didn't exactly hurt his life chances. Ah, that explains where the fluffing comes in. Yeah. <laughs> See, I was thinking that, but I was like, I oh, know, I've already made a joke about, you know, horses. Uh, that's in too low brow. So thank you, David. Thank you for getting my back on that one. I am always willing to take it one but, step more. But there is, I, I, you know, she does, there is also like a semi-normal person in this story um, who I think it's also worth is there though? mentioning. Uh, when I reached Lady Tanya Field by phone, um, she is a social worker and her life has become busier since the pandemic began. Uh, she has joined the European court case, but she has completely rejected her ar- aristocratic upbringing. She doesn't use the title. She married a man who grew up in public housing and lives in a semi-detached house near uh, Oxford. And oh, it Jeffy- sounds like she's right on the fucking breadline, huh? Mm, not quite. Uh, she also collects... People. I want to do whatever common people do. <laughs> yeah. Don't give up the day job, shall I? She collects vintage cars, not rare high-end ones. She likes minis. The reason I'm into mass-produced cars is because they're more interested in normal people. Uh, the eldest of three the daughters... cars are more interested in normal people. <laughs> um, the... No, she's and more dance interested and in drink and <clears throat> Yeah, uh, this is very clearly and dance and drink and screw because there's nothing else to do. Like, mm. Jesus Christ. She left, uh, I mean, she doesn't... To be fair, she really doesn't sound that bad. Uh, she left her job at the... She collects let me read on a little bit. Um, she <laughs> left her job at the car factory when she met her husband to have three sons, then spent 15 years as a carer for her mother-in-law who had, had mental health problems. The 49-year-old now works with youth groups and legal advocate for those with learning disabilities, as well as running a food bank uh, in Oxfordshire. I want to talk about all those issues. I've got real experience. And if she were to inherit, she would, could sit as a crossbencher because she's not a member of a party. Now, this just know. goes back to the conversation we had last time about there's no good lords, though. Yeah, but, you know, if we must have these people, then I would vastly prefer um, having people mm-hmm. like Tanya Field rather than a lot of Have you people. considered just embracing accelerationism? And <laughs> I have certainly considered that, yes. Um, the Honourable Sarah Long's motivations are similar. Uh, her brother is disabled, blind in one eye and in constant pain. Um, after her mother took the morning sickness drug thalidomide during pregnancy. I don't know if you guys remember thalidomide, but that was a huge, awful fuck-off scandal. Um, As James approaches 60, his condition has deteriorated and he lives in social housing in London. He wants to campaign for others affected by thalidomide, but doesn't have the strength. 
Both siblings wish that Sarah could take up the cause on his behalf because, as she says, I adore my brother, but he can't have any kids and I've got things that I want to say about thalidomide and the families that it's impacted. Which, you know, fair enough, if you must, you know, again. Um, blah, blah, blah. I'll be honest. No, right. Here's the thing. I don't think it's fair enough. Why her? Why should she get the privilege of being able to do No, she doesn't. Done? But again, if if this preposterous circus of the House of Lord must exist and we can't, like, throw it all in, in the sea... That's just liberalism, though. Yeah, but that's not saying the system should exist. I'm just saying that... You know, no, I know, I know. But to accept that it does exist and we should work within it is liberalism. But, like, what, what I'm more, like, confused about here is why has this article led with, you know, a full rampant horse fucker and then it's got these sad paragraphs towards the end. Yeah, yeah. Um, blah, blah. There's also some sad stories about people whose estates are no longer very big, uh, which is... <laughs> That's not a sad story. Who fucking who? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, th- these stories are common across the aristocracy. The titles endure, but the grand fortunes are gone. The stately homes, once bustling with footmen and undergardeners and scullery maids, pardon me, um, are now financial black holes, draining the remainder of the family savings. Uh, yet until they, they get it a job. trust. Yeah. Uh, yet most of them are visited. <laughs> yet most of them, yeah, they can all go into cyber. <laughs> um, yet most of them of these houses are now visited by more people than they ever were in their glory days. The National Trust owned 300 of such buildings and had 5 million members. Britons might claim that we find aristocrats embarrassing, antiquated, and undeserving of their unearned privilege in life, but we do love to poke around their rose gardens on a Sunday weekend. Oh, yeah. It's almost as though, oh, it's almost as though, you know, I'm really, I'm kind of stretching it here, but it's almost as though those rose gardens, those large estates, they're, 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 they should be. Public p- p- parks is that is that the term I'm getting right here? <laughs> you mean like, like I don't know, it's common like, to all of us, perhaps? Perhaps, yeah. Like I'm just wondering, David. You obviously you're saying you live in a shithole that doesn't have any decent park. Is there a local lord whose rose bushes you could poke around? Could that be related somehow? Mm, what a, what an odd idea. All right, but we're going to go back to Anthony. <laughs> During my visit, meanwhile, back in Antony. Meanwhile, in Antony, um, what's Carol, he been up to? Carol Paul was never less than kind to me, but I could sense her nervousness. After all, when your newest high-profile supporter and please get ready now is Charles Henry John Benedict Crawford Chetwind Chetwind Talbot, otherwise known as the Earl of Shrewsbury, your campaign is easily dismissed as dismissed as rich people's problems. What well, come? Don't understand why she possibly get that idea. Uh, no, some people don't. Some women won't have a safe place to sleep tonight. So why should we care about the fact that some others don't have dukedoms? Um. Yes. Why should we? <laughs> and yet, we wouldn't accept a new law barring racial minorities or LGBTQ people from inheriting peerages except that that law does exist. So why <laughs> must we accept the old law barring women? Traditional sexism is still sexism. Mm-hmm. No, no, sorry. Hang on. Right. We do accept that law. Demonstrably. Yes. Right? We, we do. Um, and even more of an injustice is, look, I'll, I'll be perfectly fucking blunt here. Um, 
why are we even having the conversation about, oh, let's diversify our overlords? We're basically saying, let's have more <laughs> female monarchs, you know? <laughs> like, the fuck? Yeah. Um... All that explains why we spoke. Uh, Carol Paul repeatedly emphasized the limit of her ambitions. Feminism is regularly described as radical, but many of its pioneers have been conservatives who just wanted to be included in the system rather than tear it all down. Think of Emmeline Pankhurst, the leader of the suffragettes, who later stood as a Tory. Perhaps the right person to remove sex discrimination at the heart of the British democracy is not a firebrand, but the mistress of an imposing manor house with grounds as far as the eye can see. At the heart of a British democracy. Now that's interesting. <laughs> that's a that's a really interesting construction there. Because as I understand it, how many lords is it who turned up to a chamber who didn't even fucking vote? Yeah, many. I mean most. <sighs> I don't know. The end of- like uh I'm sorry, that is not the heart of the British democracy. That is the fucking stent that's been put in to keep the dark heart still kind of beating like of british democracy yeah i think the house of lords is now like the only semi-elected um quote-unquote democratic chamber like the only one that's bigger is the people's uh china's people's congress isn't it like the house of lords is the only chamber that's that has more people in it Um, After finishing coffee, Carol, Paul and I went through the family kitchen to the back garden where her daughter painted my nails um, and her son lay on the floor, starfish, enraptured by the cloudless Cornish sky. Watching them both, I had an echo of the thought that their mother had five years ago. All other arguments are secondary. The law of of England currently says that one of these children is worth more than the other, and that simply isn't right. (sighs) But, but... The structural reality of this country says that both of those children are worth more than any of us on this podcast. Worth not just not just any of us, all of us put together. Fucking hell! At this point, I have to realise I'm actually James, sixteenth Baron of um, I don't know, (laughs) Fuckhampton. I think you need to know where you're the Baron of before you can claim you're the Baron of it. Yeah. See, see this fucking article, right? I'm actually Sir Kellogg's Frosty's turn. <laughs> so top of so top of the sword <laughs> like we're not doing Harry that Potter. Article is a fucking that is a horrible fucking article, and not just for the the fucking you know obvious badness of like oh here's some bunch of rich people, like she's done this because I can only assume because she's either approached fucking whatever fucking queen in Naboo that she is, or <laughs> she's been approached. By her because she wants some publicity for the thing, and she and obviously Helen Lewis being a fucking mark for liberal fe- uh, liberal feminism that isn't actually feminism has jumped right. And on also, it. it's the the Atlantic, which is like the high church of liberal dipshittery for people. With yeah, money. yeah, yeah. But like to put fucking that horse fucker as the the star of the show, and then just like a, few, a couple of paragraphs about some people who are actually doing something of, like, worth, admittedly, as lords, which they shouldn't be, but they're at least doing something of worth, as, like, kind of footnotes within it, is, yes. is, is fucking mind-boggling. Like, what the fuck is this even? Who is this actually trying to appeal to? People who read The Atlantic. Like, so here's the thing. I said before about the whole, um, the only ethical use of being a billionaire is to use the power of a billionaire to prevent there being billionaires, essentially, is to use it to attack the system. That can't work for being a member of a House of Lords, 
right? It can't work because you have no inherent power that you can turn against the system itself. Your power derives by the structure of the system. These people, like, okay, right, some of them, they sound like they're trying, but I have no sympathy or time for them until they renounce entirely their peerage, until they say, no, I'm not interested in having representation in the House of Lords. Because otherwise, no matter what attempted good they try and pretend they're doing for it, they're upholding a fundamentally unjust system just by their nature. So, uh, yeah, no, I'm sorry. My heart does not bleed for these people at all. They're fucking aristocracy. They're aristocracy. Aristocracy. <laughs> like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh, well... I skipped over that article when I seen it on Twitter and I am glad that I did that because it gave me a couple of days of reprieve before I had to heal the whole fucking thing. So thank you, Rob. <laughs> I think my brain is well, hurting I'm, now. I'm... Oh, well, since it's done, how about we um, cleanse our palate with a little round of comment or commentary? Yes, oh, please. That reminds yes, me. that might actually that, that, taste better. That, that fucking reminds me. Rob. Yeah. Could you meet me after the podcast, please, outside? <laughs> I got some words for you. Uh, I promise you there is no mention of Jordan Peterson in this week's comment or commentary. Uh, you just mentioned him, David. Fuck you. We haven't started. You mean the yet. prophet of our times? Oh, my God. Rob. Rob. <laughs> Don't make me end this podcast early and go out to the car park, I swear. <laughs> A massive week for people whose showbiz is bald guys in lanyards. Or to put it another way, there's been a dirty protest in the Slytherin skunk works. There have been many, many times over the past 72 hours when I have wanted to drive extremely fast to Barnard Castle. Not stop in the car park or anything, just keep on driving, foot down, until the high-velocity contact with 12th century stone makes it instantly possible to never have to think or hear about Cummings or Lee Kane ever again. Comment or commentary at... Comment is too left wing to get it's, in the um, paper, surely. No, I think that's I think that's Marina Hyde. Yeah, I think that's Marina, Marina Hyde as well. Hyde, yeah. Definitely. It is Marina oh, Hyde. Mate. Oh no. <laughs> yeah, that was commentary. Oh, we've got her fucking number. It's <laughs> 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 that overall awful fucking writing if she does. Yeah, oh yeah, it's fucking tragic. But I, yeah. Bemoaning I honestly, not I honestly being able to not hear about someone despite having constantly fucking talked about someone for months. I honestly thought, I'm no joking, I thought that was a left-wing shitpost. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, it, it was not ironic. <laughs> no, could you not um, hear like the sound of centrist dads everywhere wanking themselves into pillars of salt over it? Now, the one positive, <laughs> thing, the positive thing about uh, female aristocrats getting the titles is that means Marina Hyde might fuck off to the House of Lords. <laughs> Isn't she the, do- isn't I, she the daughter of the I don't Baron know, of but so I, mean, I, I would just like her to fuck off. She yeah, is the daughter like, of a baronet. Oh, uh, Silver fucking lioness. <laughs> <laughs> she wouldn't stop writing for the Guardian. The Guardian would love to have a fucking oh, God, lady yeah. baronet on their fucking payroll. Um, right, okay, next one. The charge towards breaking up the UK began with devolution and its capture by Scottish nationalism. This will end badly with a bitterly divided island, highly compromised security, and continental dominance north of the Tweed. You get what you ask for. We ask for Brexit, tragedy in the making, for the next act in the tragedy the UK is becoming the second Scottish referendum. Dark times and the death of Britain. Comment or commentary at? Oh, don't stop, I'm not sick. finished yet. <laughs> 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 
no. Oh, Jesus Christ. Um, so go on, I... comment or commentary. It sounds like commentariat to me, just from the style of a writing. Yeah. Commentariat, I'll go with. Ah, uh, commentariat. Comment. Comment. Right, okay. Rob's too good at this. It is a comment, and it does sound a lot like, you know, a commentariat article. That's because it came from the Guardian comment section, ah. um, where everyone okay, fancies themselves right. as um, having a fucking opinion. Um... I used to think it was Labour that wanted to ride a working class wave into power in order to pursue eccentric policies that most working class people have no time for. It turns out it was the Tories who did that. Comment or commentary at? Oh, that's quite that's a hard one, actually. Oh, God. Uh, this I'll go this with sounds like the new fucking statement. This is the commentary. Is this the new statement? Fucking hell. <laughs> I'm feeling commentariat. Yeah, commentariat. Definitely commentariat. Yep, it was commentariat. It was our um, large-headed fave, Brendan Ah. and spiked. Yeah. Cummings deserved better than being dumped on the whim of an unelected consort. Boris has lost it big time, caved into a needy (laughs) lover half his age and relocated his brains to where a squirrel keeps his nut-nuts. Comment or commentariat? (laughs) Comment, comment surely please. to God. Commentary at. Uh, comment conservative woman. No. That was Damn. not actually from the article. That was the headline of a Richard Littlejohn article in the Daily Mail. All of that was the headline. Was there any article after that headline? There was. I didn't read it. Um, Maybe like twenty well, paragraphs about like how the gays are appropriating, misappropriating council funds or something. Probably. <laughs> um, some ever rest of Labour supporters ask impatiently for Starmer to shine a brighter light on his future direction. Corbynite social media posts angrily cast him as a Blair clone. That could be met with salutary reminders of good done in the Blair Brown era. But better still, look at his own ten pledges. They include the raising of top tax, the green. Oh, fuck me, I know who this is. Rail, mail, water, and energy. Launching Labour policies mid pandemic would be as decadent as number 10 self indulgent internal warfare. Labour people should be satisfied for now with the party's phenomenal recovery from its worst election result in 85 years. Fuck you, David. Public recognition. (laughs) Is he 20 points ahead? Is he fucked? The spice must flow. Oh, comment you, or commentary Fucking hate you. Commentary. Yeah, this is um, this is po- commentary. It's Paul. Yeah, this is. No, it's well, it's it's do, fucking. Do you know, do you know how? Yeah, do you know how you know it's commentary? Because right below that paragraph, it said the words, "Polly Toynbee is a Guardian columnist," and I think it's really rude of them to call them that at the bottom of every article they write. <laughs> um, the paragraph oh. before that. I haven't. I, I didn't read out. Cause it's better, but I didn't. I didn't go for it there just for the the sake of competition because I know that I've posted it already. But I'll read it anyway for the listeners. Oh, Starmer puts no foot wrong, aiming at his targets <laughs> with a sharpshooter's eye. Every elephant trap sidestepped. 
<laughs> you can't pin anti-patriotism or anti-security on this state prosecutor. <laughs> Next day, we'll challenge Labour to vote down a Brexit deal, trying to expose Starmer the Remainer, but that's easily avoided by abstaining. Of course, Labour can't vote down a deal when even a damagingly inadequate deal struck by Johnson would still be better than none. What the fuck? This was published without irony. So he's going to glitch through the deal as well. Oh, people, we have reached peak Toynbee. Extre- I mean, she. the timing of that piece was really very extraordinary. Can you remember that, like, just like 20, just 20 to 30 years ago, everyone kind of assumed that, like, you know, the people in like posi- in like high paying jobs and positions of power and that deserved to be there. <laughs> Can you remember that that golden age? We go, oh, these these journalists, they must know more th- more about things than the average man. <laughs> Twitter truly has been the great leveler, hasn't it? Yeah, whatever it whatever yeah. else you, you might say about Hell World, it's at least fucking. Do you know what I mean? Put put the uh, <laughs> put that lie to rest, like it's genuinely. These past, like, what, 10, 15 years have been one long parable of the Emperor's new clothes just played out in the medium of Twitter shitposts. Yeah. And, um, yeah. <sighs> Sorry, I know I've been quiet. I didn't even say I was thinking commentary out really fucking loudly there. I've literally just been sitting. <laughs> I, I'm not even joking. This isn't a bit. I've been sitting with my head in my hands just listening to this shit. Just, uh, oh, please tell me. Do we have more, David? Please tell me we don't. Please tell me no, we're done. We don't. We are all done. That was the last yeah. of it. Oh, can we yeah. um, right on the right on the verge? Can we can we bid a a fond farewell to everybody's least favourite uh, drunk aunt uh, Suzanne Moore, who's finally been um, not booted out of the Guardian, but something's happened to her. It's a little bit unclear whether or not she's got big severance payment or whether or not she was finally kicked out for being abusive and or drunk, allegedly something something. Well, yeah. Um, Before we go, as well, I want to. I want to talk about. Um, I want to talk about John Simpson's spag ball. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I think I missed this one. Oh, f- oh dear God! Oh. It was. It was something else. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, it was something else. It wasn't, it wasn't spag ball. No. It had neither spag nor ball. It was. Like fucking... But it did have giant chunks of raw onion in it. it yeah, I mean, you, so you call it a spag ball when it's clearly a raw mince stir fry. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, he's allowed to do that because yes. he's from upstate New York. <laughs> he's allowed to do it because he's a fucking Wendigo from why he The best part about that was, though, he got meat. dragged to fuck for his, like, shitty fucking pan full of just everything. Just, oh, that's a spag ball, is it? Fuck off. And everyone, like, was mean to him. And then, like, a few hours later, he was on Twitter demanding that, well, the world would be a better place if everyone had to use their real name on social media. As no, if, like, you no, know what I mean? No, you've, no, you've got the timeline mixed up. He posted that comment about half an hour before he posted the shitty spag ball. <laughs> fuck off. <laughs> As if his life's going to be fundamentally improved by knowing my real name when I call him the Spag Ball Wanker forever. You know what I mean? <laughs> and has he seen mm. Facebook? Everyone, everyone's got their real name on Facebook, and it's like racism Thunderdome. It's just fucking. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't really stop like the fucking fifty, sixty-year-olds just like going hog wild on racism in like the neighborhood groups or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah, but here's the thing, like. Facebook doesn't have the wit, etc., to allow journalists to like just be taken apart, so they don't really mind it so much. Whereas Jamie, how is he going to talk to your manager if he doesn't know your actual name on Twitter? 
I mean, the idea. I love the idea that I have a manager somewhere that I'm not aware of. You do. It's the, it's the same manager all of us have. If if anyone would like to speak, is it to our, our manager, Lord please, Jesus on Christ at Wizard Cubes? <laughs> no, it's 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 uh, it's the High Sheriff of your local region. Uh, right. On that note, um, t-shirts. We have t-shirts. If you would like a normal island t-shirt, you can get them at teespring.com forward slash stores forward slash Praxiscast. There's a link in the description. As for plugs, um, does we didn't mention the um, didn't mention the charity shirt. Oh fuck yeah! Um, we also have a. Do you want to do that one? You know where it's going. I can't remember where it's going. Uh, it's it's going to a fair thing. Do the whole plug. <laughs> Do the whole Fox. fucking plug. Give me a second, I wasn't prepared. <laughs> it's the fucking podcast motto right there. Uh, <laughs> that, that's our that's the coat of arms of the podcast. <laughs> podcast. Absolutely right. <laughs> I, I wasn't prepared. You didn't tell me I was going to be called upon to know things on command. <laughs> fucking hell, it's the Tory big GB takes not researching so fucking seriously that he doesn't even research things that he did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was weeks ago, motherfucker. <laughs> it's like last week. What, what even is time? So it's the Tory it's the Tory Big Dinners shirt having a go at fucking Gary Shandlin or whatever the fuck he was called and the six chip wanker. Um it's a party political well, statement Sandler on behalf of the big dinners. Yes, that's the guy. Party political statement on behalf of the starved children to keep my taxes low party. And um, 50% of the proceeds go to Fair Share, which is a, a charity for food banks and the like. And you can get that at the same, you can get that at the same store. I have a, I have a plug. Um, I will be appearing on a stream with Sinan. Um, that's on Twitch. That's SK the Crusader on Twitch. Um, we're going to be doing a stream with some actual no shit real journalists. Well, I think these ones are largely reformed um, on why the British media is so fucking shit. Um, that'll be taking place on the fourth of December, if I recall correctly, um, at seven p.m. So if you want to tune into that, uh, I you know you can get to listen to me feeling incredibly inadequate next to people who've actually done things with their oh, lives. That's a good. There's a good chance we'll actually have this episode out by then as well. Strange things yeah, have maybe. happened. We'll see. <laughs> we can live in hope. Um, <laughs> yeah, but that's that's pretty much it from us. You can follow us on Twitter at PraxisCast. All our individual Twitter handles will be in the description. And yeah, we will see you later on. Yeah. All right. Um, Mind how you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, go away. Bye.